Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge. Today we're discussing the emergence of Riders rookie Kean Schaefer Baker. Bo Levi Mitchell getting pulled from Calgary's Week 7 loss in the hammer. AC Leonard trying to urinate for seven hours. Seven? My goodness. Come on, man. <laughs> Trevor Harris hitting the six-game injured list with a suspect neck injury. Yes, I said it, Hodge. And Brandon Zilstra catching his first NFL touchdown pass. But first, Dunkster, the Ottawa Red Blacks looked terrible on Wednesday night, losing to the visiting Ticats 24-7. to Hamilton was without Jeremiah Mazzoli and Dane Evans, as well as their top three receivers, including reigning MOP Brandon Banks, and we're coming off a short week while Ottawa was coming off a bye. Dunkster, is it time for major changes in Ottawa? Dude, it's got to happen at some point. And I hate to say it because to be quite honest, Hodge, there are people within that building over there that think Three Down Nation is out to get them well. Let me tell you this. Your play on the field writes the stories and puts the words in our mouths. Okay, 11 straight home losses, Hodge. 11. Could you imagine just for a second that this exact situation was going on, let's say, in your neck of the woods in Winnipeg or, heaven forbid, for those involved, if Marcel Desjardins was currently the GM of the Saskatchewan (laughs) Rough Riders and the Rough Riders had lost 11 straight home games, were coming off the worst record in the CFL in 2019 and again look like they're headed that way. Like, this was the best opportunity For them to get their second win on the season. And they're lucky that somehow they beat Edmonton in week one. Because I can't find another one on the schedule barring playoff spots being locked up. And teams playing their third string players. Not just their backups. Their third string players. Like There are personnel men in the league to me, Hodge. And I'm sure you've had the same. Making jokes about, well, what would the line be if 
Laval <laughs> played <laughs> Ottawa or the best U Sports team. The best one actually that I heard recently was what if it was, I believe, the 2015 Riders that started, was it 0 9? Played the Ottawa Red Blacks right now. I think those Rough Riders would run them out the barn, man. Well, here, here's the. I mean, and yes, there are some salty people in that organization. By the way, there were a number of people who asked after Week One why their team, even though they won in Edmonton, why they were still at the bottom of our power rankings. So I would like to answer that question right now. The answer is this. That's why. <laughs> this. Uh, you, you've lost five in a row. The average margin of loss over that time is 19.2 points. And yes, it was raining on Wednesday night in Ottawa. But, you know, the 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 tie Cats come in exhausted. They're playing their fourth game in 17 days. They got they got their third stringers on and Ottawa stunk. Capital S, capital T, capital U-N-K. They stunk. Their offense was horrible. The defense struggled. Devontae Dedman was really the only player who showed up. Richie Leone's very good. Lewis Ward's very good. But oh my goodness, that roster as a whole, in general, stinks. And the heartbreaking part, and no, Three Down Nation is not out to get anybody. We tell it like it is. We're not afraid to do that. The people I really feel bad for are the good people of our nation because the Red Blacks have a great fan base. There were thousands of people who stuck it out in miserable rain throughout that game, and they deserve to have a respectable product on the field. I'm not saying that, that the Red Blacks got to win every single game. That would be an unfair uh, uh, you know, expectation for any team, but this team has to be competitive, and last night they were a joke. And you made a great point there, Hodge. There were over 5,000 people in the building at TD Place who came out knowing full well it was going to be pouring rain for the entire night. Now, if the management side had put that type of resolve and effort into putting a team on the field that could actually be competitive week in and week out and heaven forbid win more than one ball game, and yes, I get that we're only really halfway through the season for the Red Blacks, but you cannot look at this roster, anybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you just started watching football yesterday, and that was the first game that you ever saw in your life, you could tell that, that roster is not talented. There's lots of blame to go around here, and to be quite honest, Hodge, I don't like people seeing them move on or being fired from their jobs. But the one example that sticks out, I think, most to me right now is the fact that Lucky Whitehead was in Winnipeg with Paul Apolise, who is billed as an offensive guru. No qualms about that. Play calling, game planning, he's great. But as a talent evaluator, what has happened in Ottawa clearly, and in my mind from people that I've talked to, also have backed this up, is that Marcel Desjardins has tried to bring in players, especially on offense, that Lapalise wanted. Lucky Whitehead now is the most explosive, exciting player in the league, bar none. And where is he playing? In BC. Like the Red Blacks could have had that dude in their lineup. So to me, that is one of many examples, but it's the biggest swing and a miss that the Red Blacks could have had as a guy that was his former offensive coordinator 
and could have been a number one target there. And now look what he's doing with Michael Riley in BC. It's just electric, but it shows how bad the Red Blacks are in terms of their process overall. Some people might not like it in the building there, but it's the God's honest truth. Well said. All right, my man. Bo Levi Mitchell was pulled from Calgary's Week 7 loss to the Ticats, who were without Brandon Banks, Dane Evans, Jeremiah Masoli, Braylon Addison, Sean Thomas Erlington, and Devere Posey on offense. Mitchell has thrown a league-worth seven interceptions in just four games and is completing only 58% of his passes. Haji, is there any chance that we see more of Jake Mayer in the coming weeks and Bo Levi Mitchell is not the starter for Calgary? I'll say this. I don't want to see Bo out there unless Bo is healthy because we know that he suffered a fractured fibula, which is a serious injury as much as it was a minor fracture. Still a serious injury. And, and he did not look good, right, in that Week 7 loss to the Ticats. He did not look anything like his old self. If that was the first time you'd ever watched him play a game, right, and somebody told you afterwards, hey, by the way, that's the quarterback with the best winning percentage in CFL history, you'd think that person was from the loony bin, right? You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe them. So... I don't want to see him again until he's healthy. Now, the, the Stamps got to buy at a good time. They don't play again until October 2nd uh, when they host the Riders. So they, they have over a week, even from the time of this podcast recording on Thursday. They have a long time to gear up for that next contest. I don't want to see Bo unless he's healthy because if he's playing poorly right now because of the leg, it's irresponsible to play him, in my opinion, when Jake Mayer has shown that he is just as good at least this season at leading that offense jake mayer is better than an injured bo levi mitchell now if the reason bo is playing poorly has nothing to do with the leg then calgary has bigger problems but to me it comes down to the health of bo if he's hurt please for the love of everything play mayer because he's looked really good when given an opportunity to play he was not the reason that calgary only won one of his starts uh while bo levi mitchell was out earlier in the year and you got to understand it from Bo Levi Mitchell's perspective as well in terms of what's going on. Like, he wants to be on the field and play. He talked about it after that loss that he feels a sense of duty to that team because he's the highest paid guy on the roster and he's among one of the highest paid guys in the league overall, the second highest paid player next to Michael Riley. So Mitchell wants to be out on the field contributing to his team. He's got that 80% win rate. You essentially just assume that whenever he's healthy or at least on the field and suiting up, Calgary's got that amount of a chance, 80% to win the ball game. So you can understand it from the competitive side, and it's real difficult to peel that back. That's where the coach comes in, and Dave Dickinson didn't necessarily name who his starter was going to be the next time Calgary takes the field. So it seemed like during the bye week, they were going to have a lot of reflection and talk. He mentioned how he had some good guys on his coaching staff. And of course, John Huffnagel, a quarterback himself as a general manager, we're going to discuss what's the best way forward because nobody saw this coming in terms of Calgary's record and you can never predict a broken leg injury. But you mentioned it earlier, Hodge, if Mitchell is not 100%, he should not be on the field, and we want to see him get back to that level. And Jake Mayer has been playing at a high level. So if that's the case, I hate saying it, but let the kid go and make sure Mitchell can get back to full health. 
Couldn't agree more. I mean, J- Jake Mayer's numbers are better than Bo's in, in quite literally every single category. He's completing 68% of his passes. Mitchell is completing 58. He's got a, a touchdown uh, passing percentage that's much higher. He's thrown three to Bo's two. And the interception rate, Mayer's only throwing a pick on 1.6% of his attempts. With Bo, it's 4.9. Mayer is literally three times less likely to throw a pick at this point than Bo, who's thrown more than everybody. And by the way, the other fa- the other stat that blew me away when I was crunching the numbers this morning, Bo's downfield average is 6.9 yards. That is tied with Dom Davis. Like, he, he is not pushing the ball down the field, whereas Jake Mayer has been doing that his average is 8.2 that's fourth best in the cfl among starters that's better than cody Fajardo. that's better than vernon adams that's better than nick arbuckle that's better than a lot of quarterbacks who do have a reputation for pushing the ball down the field so if you've got a young quarterback who needs to be developed anyways could use the reps has done a good job of pushing the ball down the field but also keeping it out of the hands of opponents to me, it's, it's not even a question. You play Jake Mayer until Bo is truly back to 100%. And if Bo is back to 100% and can't get the job done, that's a completely separate conversation. But the Bo Levi Mitchell we've all grown to know right over the last decade, uh, I don't I don't think that's happening yet. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. It's harsh, man. Football <laughs> is a business about what have you done for me lately. And as much as Bo Levi Mitchell has... One of the best resumes ever in CFL history already, and a large part of that is his win rate. He has not been playing well, healthy or not healthy, in 2021. So you have to make the best decision for your football team. And when I say that, I'm talking about Dave Dixonson and John Huffnagel to try to compete and get into the playoffs. So it's difficult. And you're not going to want to upset Bolivar Mitchell. But the fact is, right now, you laid out all of the numbers. Mayor has played better in 2021. Take the names away. Take the numbers away. Take the familiar familiarity with Mitchell away. And if you looked at those numbers, you know, they put up those stat comparisons with no headshots and no name. People would think that Mayor is Mitchell based off the numbers. Absolutely. We got to take a quick break. But we'll be right back for more of the Three Down Nation podcast. All right, summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod you've been working so hard to show off? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 want to take your grooming game even further to the next level the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker to chop down your worst weeds up top the weed whacker is also waterproof and uses 9,000 rpm motor powered by 360 degree rotary dual blade system this nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes ouch get 20 percent off for free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com escape the shrubs and weeds this summer with manscaped 
Chris Jones will make his 2021 CFL coaching debut on Friday when the Argos host the Alouettes. He has taken over play calling duties on defense, though he holds the title of consultant. It appears Jones has a tremendous amount of control over that unit. How do you expect to see Toronto's defense look under their new boss? It's going to be a Chris Jones defense. Let's just say that from the get-go. That's why I don't understand why do you call him a defensive consultant? I get it. I guess you want to respect Glenn Young and the fact that he's been put on leave and that he's got the defensive coordinator title. But Chris Young, Chris Jones, excuse me, <laughs> and maybe that's a defense we'll see this week. A bit of Chris, a bit of Young mixed in. But I think going forward... <laughs> They're going to be a Chris Jones defense. You do not bring in Chris Jones as a consultant, I guess unless you're an NFL team like the Cleveland Browns, right? And he's trying to work his way up the ladder. In the CFL, Jones is a defensive coordinator. He's going to want to run that unit the way he wants. And Ryan Dinwiddie essentially said that. He's going to call the plays, and then when they have more time to install more of what Jones likes to do, then they will do it at the appropriate time. So it's going to be a bit of a mix, I think, to start. But in reality, it's Jones's defense, all in all. He's going to be game planning. I'm sure he was grinding the tape hard while he was doing his seven-day quarantine at the hotel in Toronto. So we know, Hodge, even though he's a consultant, he is the dude directing the defense. Yeah, I feel like if you hire Chris Jones as a consultant, you're going to get exactly one consultation, which is, you should hire me to be your defensive coordinator. That's exactly what he's going to say. That's how he's going to say it. And that's how Toronto's defense is going to look, Dumpster. I'm in full agreement with you. It's a deal, you know, where you bring in Chris Jones. I can't do the accent as well as you, but that's the deal. When you bring him in, he likes to say that a lot of times in his quotes. You know, that's the deal. The most intriguing part to me is, yes, Jones signed a contract that has a team option for the Argos to bring him back in 2022. That means nothing. I asked Jones flat out if he was committed to the Argos beyond 2021, and he admitted, you don't know what's coming tomorrow. So definitely the South Pittsburgh high school football players understand that. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders <laughs> and all their fans that are upset at him understand that. And on the flip side of it, everyone wants to make Jones out as this evil figure. And I really like him because he's a character for the league, and he obviously generates a conversation and a buzz. But you're a coach, all right? Coaches do not have pensions, right? They're not in these jobs that they know that they're going to be in for a long time as long as they don't mess up too bad, okay? They need to make their money when they can. And if Chris Jones or anybody else or a player out there sees an opportunity where they can make more money in a career, especially as a player, that can be finite, but also as a coach, you don't know if that next job is going to come. You got to take that opportunity to look out for number one and your family. So I don't blame him in a lot of ways. I understand why Rough Riders fans are upset that he left a week after he signed a contract extension. But if anybody else was in that situation and an NFL team was knocking on your door and you had the opportunity to go to a staff with a guy in Freddie Kitchens that you knew and felt like you could rise up the ranks in the NFL and make millions, everybody and their mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, nephews, nieces, everybody would say yes. All right, speaking of what's going on in Ryderville that's controversial, not Chris Jones, A.C. Leonard talked to the media for the first time on Tuesday following two suspensions, the CFL levy, totaling three games. He claims he was at the stadium until 2 a.m. trying to pee, but eventually left 
got hit with two games. Then the other game came after because he was verbally abusive to the drug official. Can you believe what's going on in Sask here, Hodge? It, it's a mess. I, I do want to say I was in on the call when AC Leonard was speaking to the media. He did appear genuinely remorseful for what had taken place. He apologized to his coaches, his teammates. He apologized to Ryder Nation. He apologized to his family for the negative stories that this has drawn, the negative attention that it's drawn uh, for, for everybody involved, including the organization. And, um, you know, he, he basically said, you know, I, I ended up sitting there with the drug official for seven hours. He said we shared some laughs. We, we talked about life. So I don't think this was a situation where, you know, he spent seven hours sitting there cussing out some poor guy who was there to collect some pee and go home. This was a situation where I think maybe Leonard initially expressed that he was unhappy about getting tested. And anybody who's been around professional football knows that players dread having to pee after a game, especially after a loss. Right. This was a game the Riders are supposed to win. It's the Labor Day Classic and they got their butts whipped by the Bombers. So he's coming off the field, he's upset, and now he's got to go take a leak, which he did say he's had trouble with previously in his career, providing samples. And I have yet to receive correspondence from the the, the drug officials. I believe it's the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport. I'm, mis- I'm messing up the name. But I've reached out to them for correspondence. They've yet to re- reply. But I had one person tell me that you're you're not allowed to just sit back and chug water for as long as you as long as you can or as long as you want before testing you're given basically you know a a small amount of liquid to drink and then you're supposed to pee well if it's 30 degrees outside and you're a 250 pound man who maybe didn't drink as much water as you should have during the game i i can i can see i'm not saying i believe the story 100 but i can see leonard's side of it it could be difficult to urinate after a game especially as he said he's had trouble doing this in the past i can sort of understand it from the player's side but man in pro sports a lot of times and you know in the cfl we hear it a lot like that dude is a pro or this guy is a pro well part of being a pro athlete is going through drug testing it's in every league so when somebody taps you on the shoulder and says hey you've been randomly selected to be tested you go you do your business you handle it like a pro you don't treat those people terribly they're just doing their job and you move on i understand it could be frustrating in the story that is coming from leonard specifically that he waited around but you know the second that you leave you get hit with a two-game ban and the perception is going to be that you didn't take that test because you felt like there was something in your urine that was going to make you go positive. So you have to realize all that. And the point has been made to me that, hey, it's not like he was sitting and staying at one of the older facilities in the league. I don't know if I want to single any of them out, but it wasn't like you were at <laughs> Old Iverwind Stadium in the visitor's locker room, right? It wasn't like you were at McMahon Stadium in the visitor's locker room there either. You were at... Mosaic Stadium, which is the Taj Mahal of the CFL. There's a barber shop in there, Hodge. Like, he could have kicked it. I'm sure they could have got him a nice bed there, and he just could have stayed as long as it took him to pee. And then all of this is no issue, of course, as long as that sample comes back clean. So that's why I have such a hard time understanding it. I was never 
fortunate enough to play in the CFL. Would have loved to, went to the CFL Combine, but when I played amateur football in this country, I went through drug testing. Was it the most fun thing in the world, having somebody follow you around and, you know, essentially watching you pee into a cup? No, but you handle it as an athlete. And these guys are supposed to be pros, so step up and live up to that moniker. Now, as for him not being able to pee, I think you made a lot of valid points there, Hodge. But if it were me and there were, you know, $10,000, now $15,000 on the line because he's suspended for three games and it's over $15,000, I would be waiting around in that building for days if it took me to pee because I'm going to keep that money. That's a fair point. And again, I, I and it, it, by the way, it is the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport. I, I'm still waiting for them to hit me back. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But uh, I'm sure A.C. Leonard at the end of every game now, before heading to the locker room, is going to be drinking all the water that he can, just in case. Because as, as someone who now has a strike on his record, he's going to be tested more often, and he's aware of that. William Powell said Canadian receiver Kean Schaefer-Baker is going to be a, quote, great player, end quote. The Canadian rookie who attended your alma mater of Guelph has been sensational for the Riders in four games this season, recording 21 catches for 256 yards and a touchdown. Dunkster, just how big of a star could this guy become? Dude, I don't want to get too excited here, and I think a lot of people know that, yes, I did go to the University of Guelph, but I hold them to a high standard, and I treat them like any other team or school that I cover around the country, all right? So there's no bias here, but Keen Schaefer-Baker has the makings of an absolute superstar, not just as a Canadian, Hodge. He started the last two games at X, which is the boundary receiver, short side receiver, which is usually played by the star American receivers. Think Brandon Banks of the world, right? The guys that line up on that short side that are close to the quarterback. You can run a lot of what we call choice routes because you get favorable coverage into the boundary there. And it's one of the shortest throws, obviously, on the football field. The next shortest being the boundary slot back position. But as that boundary receiver and being a Canadian to do what he did and Hodge, this isn't a dude, right, like that's been in the league or been on a practice roster. He's fresh out of Canadian University football, played two games, started two at boundary, nearly had a 100-yard game, had a touchdown that any receiver would love to have on their highlight tape against the Toronto Argos, pinballing around and making it to the end zone. This dude looks legit. Now, he's got to keep it going, but it is a phenomenal start for Schaefer Baker. Schaefer Baker. Yeah, the, that to me is what makes this most impressive. This isn't a guy who's used the waggle, right, to get open and, you know, most of his yardage has come on one big giant catch or something like that. No, he's been a very consistent target at a position where Canadians never play, never never play. Like, like I, I ran the numbers, 2019 season, there was one Canadian who started one game at Boundary Wideout in the whole CFL, and that was Curly Gittins Jr. with Toronto. And uh, he only did that in the last week of the season, week 21, because Toronto was just playing all their backups. They were out of the playoffs, and they wanted to get a look at, at everybody. So in a meaningful game, it's been, you know, Kean Schaefer-Baker was the first Canadian to start there in over two calendar years. Um, I don't know if a Canadian started at that X position in, in 2018, but it's really never done. That is an American spot, and he's been great there. And here's, here's one thing, again, I don't want to get too high on him too soon, but if an American started their first four career games at that spot and put up the numbers he did and, and did the things with the football that he did, we'd be talking about him going to the NFL. So 
the fact that he's straight out of Canadian university sports is 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 sensational, and I, I wish him all the best. It is, man, and it shows you that even though you might not be heavily used, and to be quite honest, the quarterbacking at Guelph the last few years hasn't been elite. Like it could certainly have been better because even the riders were scratching their heads, going, "Okay, it's a senior. You know, he only caught around twenty balls. Like, what's going on here?" But a lot of that was due to the fact of what's around you as a receiver. It's difficult to stand out if you don't have a really good quarterback, especially at that level where it can kind of be hit and miss or where teams are maybe running the rock. So Keen Schaefer Baker is a classic example to me as a guy that goes under the radar, somehow slips to the fourth round of the draft. I know Dwayne Ford, our boy, who's a guru as well on the draft, was really talking him up. And I quite honestly thought he would go higher than he did, but teams clearly valued the production over his potential. Now credit the Riders for seeing that and taking him in the fourth round. They actually had him rated as a first or second rounder Never thought that they would fall, that he would fall them because he only had a first round pick in that draft. But credit them for seeing the potential in him and give Keen Schaefer Baker credit for him being able to come in right away. And you mentioned it, Hutch. If this was like, let's say Darrell Walker, you know, when he got going or some of the guys that have had great half seasons, Tavares Daniels, we'd be talking about them being superstars in the CFL. And as you mentioned, getting opportunities in the NFL. Let's keep it moving. Trevor Harris was added to the six-game injured list late last week, missing the Elks' 37-22 loss to Winnipeg. If Harris is unable to return this season, is there any chance at all whatsoever, Hodge, that Taylor Cornelius, the cornflake man, can lead Edmonton to the playoffs? (laughs) I'll say this. Taylor Cornelius' numbers from his Week 7 loss to Winnipeg were poor, right? He, He threw three picks. He didn't throw any touchdown passes, uh, completed only 58% of his balls. But that said, I mean, first of all, Winnipeg's defense is is terrifying, right? I mean, you've got Willie Jefferson, you got Jackson Jeffcoat, you got all those guys, Adam Big Hill in the middle, who's who's having a nice bounce back season after his, his production decreased in 2019 somewhat. Uh, I, I actually thought Cornelius played better than his stats indicated, and I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do against a less talented defense and guess who's up on the board they got ottawa in week nine so he's going to get a chance to do that he's going to get a chance to be more productive um that said i mean if you can't beat ottawa this is the rest of edmonton's schedule so so hold on they got winnipeg winnipeg then they got hamilton presumably after they'll have their starting quarterbacks back then they got saskatchewan twice then they got toronto then they got bc so in other words, you know, the, the first half of their season ends with Ottawa and the second half is, yeah, it, it's not good. It, it is a really tough schedule. So if, ta- if Trevor Harris is gone truly for six games plus with that, that injury that you called suspect dunkster, the neck, the neck injury, I'd, I'm saying no. I, I'm penciling in Edmonton at or near the bottom of the West Division standings, and it's it's almost a three-team race at that point with the Bombers, the Riders, and the Lions. Yeah, the last word on Cornflake, man. If he can't beat Ottawa, then he shouldn't be in the league flat out. He did look comfortable in some ways in that start against Winnipeg, and arguably, you know, they do have the best defense in the league, but he's got to be able to beat Ottawa, and he certainly can't be turning the football over. More to the point, though, this Harris neck injury, Hodge, Let's just act, raise the question here, okay? Your franchise guy gets a neck injury in a football game. He finishes said football game. Then, after the normal rest and recuperation period that everybody else gets, he practices for not one, 
but two days. And yes, we were not there live, but he was listed as a full participant. And then all of a sudden, he goes on the six-game injured list with a neck injury. Like, we're talking your neck. Like, that is one of the most serious injuries you could have. So the fact that somehow he was able to finish the game, practice twice to me, makes me think we at least need to raise this question and wonder, what is actually going on behind the scenes there in Edmonton? That's a great point. And the other thing that I, I found really frustrating was how they, they omitted him from the injury report, right? So last week, he, he pulls himself out of practice on Wednesday. The team admitted that, acknowledged that, but they did not put him on the injury report. Then Thursday, their injury report came out. And on Thursday's injury report, suddenly he was listed as limited from Wednesday. So they 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 basically, you know, they, they retrofitted the the injury report to reflect the story and i the league is yet to levy any type of punishment that i'm aware of and i'm going to be asking the league why that's the case because it is ridiculous that a team can fabricate um or omit uh, a key player uh, the most important player on the roster from an injury report and, and surprise anybody that way that's why these reports were created to eliminate that type of behavior and i hope that there is discipline because i want the cfl to hold teams accountable to having accurate information on those reports dunkster we got to take another quick break when we come back it'll be time for hodges heritage moment it's now time for hodges heritage moment on this day in 1956, Hal Patterson recorded 338 receiving yards in a 56-14 victory over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This set a new pro football record for single-game receiving yardage that remains unbroken today. The tight end would finish the season with an incredible 1,914 receiving yards, that's 137 per game, and was named the league's most outstanding player. The Kansas native spent his 14-year CFL career with Montreal and later Hamilton and was named an East Division All-Star 11 times. Patterson was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 1971 and his number 75 was retired by the Alouettes in 2008. He passed away three years later at the age of 79. Dunkster, I don't know what's crazier about that record. The fact that he had 338 yards in a game... <laughs> Or the fact that it took place in 1956 when we were still running the football three quarters of the time. Unbelievable. And playing with leather helmets, my man. Yeah, you said it. Unbelievable. 338 in a time where they were largely running the rock. They were still wearing leather helmets just figuring out what the forward pass meant. Or that's how they referred to it as back then. The forward pass. You know, now we just say slinging the rock or passing the ball or whatever the heck slang term you want to use. But just unbelievable numbers, my man. And something you shouldn't pass on is your opportunity to take your car to Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube has the fastest service in the industry. They're going to get you in, get you out, take care of your ride, everything you need as we go into the fall and winter seasons. Take your car there. They'll do you right. Get in and out in a Jiffy with Jiffy Lube. My man, fall is coming. The season's changing. The summer is officially over, Hodge. So, you need to get in there, get your car running nice and smooth for making sure that it starts up during that cold weather. Hit up Jiffy Lube. It's now time for the three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. 
Craig Dickinson said he was not surprised to see Chris Jones, who he's worked with a number of times, back in the CFL. Were you? No, not at all, my man. Come on, it's Chris Jones. He could be in Toronto one minute, the next minute might be, you know, on the East Coast if they lay in the schooners had a football team, okay? Rogers defensive back Mike Edom has been placed on the six-game injured list with a dislocated wrist. Ouch, man. How much does that hurt the Riders? It really does. They're looking at playing Lucia's Purifoy back there. I think that's because Eli Buka at the end of the day is more of a corner than a true safety. Kenny Lawler said pundits are sleeping on Zach Caleros as an MOP candidate. Is that true? No way, my dude. He has been at the top or near the top of our MOP watch put together by the one and only J.C. Abbott. So we are not those pundits. Maybe there's some other people, and Kenny Lawler's trying to big up his guy, but Caleros right now is a legit and probably the leading candidate to win the MOP this year. Cody Fajardo said, quote, disgusting things, end quote, he read on social media, hurt his feelings after back-to-back losses to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hodge, have you ever read tweets that hurt your feelings? Yeah, I think we all have had tweets that hurt our feelings. But to me, the only hurtful ones are the ones that are truthful. If you come at me with fake info, they don't. But if you want, if you, if you want to hit me right, you got to say something that's true. Brandon Zilstra caught his first NFL touchdown pass on Sunday, helping the Panthers approach 2-0. You love to see that. You gotta love it, my man. He has been grinding in the NFL. Obviously a superstar in the CFL immediately with Edmonton. Went to Minnesota. His hometown team didn't work out there. But the Panthers staff, led by head coach Matt Rule, really like him. And it's clear that Sam Darnold has developed a trust with him too, the quarterback there. Winnipeg rookie kicker Ali Mortada went 0-3 for in his CFL debut. Should the Bombers cut him? I don't know if they should cut him, but that lease should be just about the shortest that you can buy at the pet store. CBC Sports has acquired the English national television broadcasting rights to the Vanier Cup. I wonder who's going to be doing the color commentary for that broadcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, my man. I was stoked to be able to do it in 2019, and it's great that our public broadcaster has picked up the ball with this, with Sportsnet, I guess, not wanting to touch it anymore, and who knows what's going on with TSN, so it's awesome to see that the Vanier actually has a home before the season started. Kari Jones will resume regular season head coaching duties this week after testing positive for COVID-19. That has to be a good sign for Montreal, right? Yeah, they didn't look right without him on the sidelines. Surely, they're excited to get him back. Last one, Three Down Nation would like to extend its sincerest condolences to the Ottawa GGs following the passing of player Francis Perron, who died after the team's season opening game. Our thoughts are with his family, friends, coaches, and teammates. As always, folks, we thank you for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast. Please rejoin us next week for our next show. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.